0: Hello, this is Merritt Robinson, Senior Pastor of Infinite Christian Fellowship, and welcome to the Infinite Flow Show podcast, where hip-hop, the gospel, and sports intersect.
1: <laughs> we so blessed, you know this not true. Like we got a code, only The verses is cold, but you know we got a code. Got it, our shows, Got it, I flows. Got overdose. You heard it before. He with a flame go huh? Wait, huh? You ain't never had no racks stacked up to the top when the pay comes. Why are you always holding me back? Full throttle and I'm killing the track, no brakes and no brakes and I'm never stopping. Boy, I'm coming to smash. And I'ma be me and I'ma be real. Uh hold it down but we have been thrilled independent royal living for if you give it bro we shift the thing you don't need deals like stay just for the savior ain't a major but the paper showed
2: the wager risking a lot but what we make it time will tell that we all success we don't care what they do. they be looking at you this for him my soul this for him my soul fire in my soul I'ma stay, I'm yeah, I'ma stay, yeah.
1: I'ma stay now. You think no, you know, you think you know. I'm not playing, I gotta go. so far no marriage was not on my mind i'm thinking oh my the moment that you caught my life. i'm thankful for thinkers girl look at us now like more lying. than 12 years in it and we still here with it through the pain felt like rain when the windshield hit it but we scared through driven by the strength of his spirit girl some thought we would make it your friends that you hated you just let them talk the way that you love me i'm all in my feelings i know that you feel it cause you got my heart. love me i just want to love a back sweet we too attached yeah Baby, you love me. I
2: just want to love back. Cause we do it and I don't need no bag or no hat no ounce to be all of my feelings. And I don't need no second, no minute, no hour to be in my feelings. And I don't need no day or no week or no month to be all of my feelings. Be all of my feelings. I know that you love me, love love me, love me. But you don't, don't believe all the lies that they
1: say. Be up, gonna be I right. yeah.
2: I I'm, truth, I'm gonna be that
1: true, not gonna bring a human, I'm like a <laughs> I'm I'm we'll a human, I'm I'm a human, I'm a human, I'm i a human, I'm I'm a human, a I'm a I'm a human, a I'm a i a human, i I'm a human, I'm a human, I'm a human, I'm I'm you human, I'm a human, i a oh sweaty I ain't no feelings in it but the key no ignition and you forced to drive gas pedal you ain't go a mile i said it's lit you are not whipping now. Like you Too. Got a girl with a brain and a hue Dark skin, white tee, contrasting Oh, white T, dark skin, reverse it to be like. Know that drive to I uh, to uh, took the uh, away But some of y'all don't even got it for your own self Dang so I'm cruising Even with no whip Some of y'all wanna diss like I hate But when I glow up My brother please don't come Got a party full of problems, and you you a plus please one God's day No I gotta do it for the team guys day Pants gotta dirty gotta clean on God's day. Do it for my Lord and my city God's day Then a couple sins on the lower my ex girl, she could come over. No, she got me feeling too attached. Now I'm hungover, never hungover. Yeah, I don't want that big real, baby. Y'all don't want that full drive, baby. Don't want to see your brother feeling way, way up. I ain't taking you except for what I'm lit You are not whipping now, like, you are not whipping like me.
2: About it. Lately, I've been feeling type of made. Why? Cause I think about the ratchet lil nappy head, scalloped wag, searching for my baby that I used to be. Okay. I was sick and I was moving. I ain't know what I was doing. I was chasing after shouties on it, usually. Why? I was bogus. Okay, I'm checking for that one girl. I won't try to focus. And throwing round my magic wand like it's hocus, pocus. Turn up you see back in T Town, chillin' with my homies. Play my scholarship. I was all about my green bay. Aaron Rogers, I was running after shouting, probably ticking out their fathers. I was running. I was Pants for the cardio, catching with my audio, cut him then it's adios, grace. Jesus called me by my name, talking grace. He removed me from the shame, now I'm thankful. He forgave me for the games, talking grace. Well I'm dying if I'm lying, but I'm here. Word up, up, word up, word up, word up, word up, word up,
1: word up, word up, word up.
2: Know about it every second, trying to tell you why.
3: You can consider this is backpack rap, but I'm, I consider this is back to the rap. This is back to the scraps and back to the basics. Light on my feet like your Boris rocking aces. Since 10th grade, I've been chasing out this rap dream, always on the differences. All they did was rap cream, all they did was sag jeans. I felt I had bag jeans, found my checker bag in the Zoom shop, and then I found myself. I tend to find myself thinking was caught up in the drama, her life was moving fast Wrote down how I felt and then I put it in my bag Went through seven rhyme pads, back at school cause I was feeling low See I had trouble letting feelings go Until I turned to rap and exploded, letting feelings flow Didn't know God, so when I prayed I let the ceiling know That I was gonna make it, anything I saw I'd take it
4: Everybody got a story worth telling A song worth singing, and some secret's worth revealing no more telling, this is all this is why I tell every rise every fall Every trip, every stumble, every single thought I give it to you, raw pain coming out of the bulk. I'm bleeding out the closet, no more putting on a the hat These are the tales from a checker backpack Yeah! Been slacking, on prayer for like a month now wow. Jesus waiting, I'm in a slump house wow. I'm living out of his will, can't even front out but I just smile, here go the rundown For odd reasons, I think that my heart's tweaking yeah. Cause every thought leaving my mind is the wrong reason For the dark season, I'm feeling like God sees it And ignores all my speaking, I'm all weak Woo! More Woo! fireball all weekend What's ironic about the bottle that is sports demons These inner battles are like bigger grapples It's you and your mini shadow fighting these little shit ch- wanna walk like Christ, can't fit his sandals while running from the serpent who battles. I hear they rap. It's pretty hard to maneuver right. I hear the congruent strike for my future wife. I'm with her now, she almost threw it like. Everybody is foul, we on a human strike. But I still say hallelujah like, who it rats? Cause I am, I'm just used to plight. And come to life, we wanna do it right, cause we can't do it twice. So burn bright, never lose the light, right? of my homies. My testimony was never holy. I'm just sharing my story, hoping that it gets oh better for God, me. Oh
2: you took
4: all my shame and you changed my name.
1: You showed me the way to go. With my crown full of thorns, I was never alone.
3: By the ghetto, fighting in the demons, being neighbors with the devil. Rage against the system, made to be a rebel. mindset stayed on black sheep, boy, I'm on another level. The world is to make and I'm feeling like a neo. The hood is a prison, ignorance is like a CO. Boy, I come from zero, for being for a PO, and taking the good news around the globe, that Geo. Used to walk around with the two, no Home Depot. Run up on a swollen, get hoes, put in your peacoat. Moving like we musical, all we wanted was c notes. All we had was our egos, down to die for a G-Code, yeah, and that's the way that I was raised. Smoking for the pain, pouring liquor on the grave. We knew that we were sinning, and life was throwing limits, but we running something more. We ain't bought no lemonade. I turn the page, a new leaf. Look at the new me, a rose in concrete. A new tree, and I'm trying to give him shade. Now, I ain't talking hate, I'm trying to aid. Seeking birds in the cage, my Angelo, Michael Angelo, Classic, nothing lesser. The kid who come from Adam, smoking like Uncle Fester, Confess, I got a pass, I keep it under my dress. Skeleton in my closet got me feeling like Testa, yes sir. I used to hit the corners with the yay. Blowing on the air with my homie Lil Dre. Told me about the dope game, blessed me with a little weight. Mama kicked me out the crib, told me find a place to stay.
1: Time out, yeah. real tight, boy. Hey, time out, I hey, blow the whistle like a referee. She got me mixed up like a recipe. Trying to put me in the ground, too. I swear, she wanna kill, with the resume. Real tight, wanna wild well out. She bought the strikes, make me wanna sell out. want to make me sell out, When I don't wanna fall out. I know what I believe cool. I don't wanna sell out. Sell out. Don't do it. Living for my lord now, see, I can't do it. Cranks, double long, too, see, I can't do it. Having a with a place now, see, I can't do it. Time out, time out. What's going on in my brain? Black like, man, it's a lot, then I'm not saying. Got me feeling kinda crazy. Yep, not saying. Not saying. Foul bag, not playing. She's all on me. I think I'm to need. Time out, I can hardly breathe. Where's the referee? Man, time out, time out. Time out. Time out.
2: We hope you enjoyed the music mix. Now here's a gospel message from Pastor Merritt Robinson of Infinite Christian Fellowship. The message will be taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through
0: 6. And in verses 1 through 2, he says this, Therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. At this point, verses 1 through 2, Paul is talking about the integrity of the minister. He is a minister. And oftentimes, again, Paul calls himself what? A doulos, a slave, a servant of Jesus Christ. And as a servant or a slave of Jesus Christ, I am supposed to be a person of integrity. I am supposed to be a man who ministers for the Lord Jesus Christ. That is my duty and my obligation. And so he's talking about the integrity of the minister, And first and foremost, Paul says this, it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry. Paul indicates that since it is the grace of God, which has provided him with this ministry and platform, he needs to represent the Lord well. Even during difficulties, he is supposed to represent the Lord well. That's why he says later on, we do not lose heart. And then he goes on to say this, and we have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify the God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. This should be the call for every disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Renouncing those things that are shameful, refusing to practice cunning, or to lie or to falsify God's word. Paul is in essence saying that we refuse to do those things which will bring shame on upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul is not just talking about telling a lie. Yes, this is wrong, but the idea is much deeper than that. Paul is speaking about actions which bring shame upon another individual. And note, Again, he is focused upon what being a man, being a woman of integrity, being a representative of Christ that need not be ashamed of your ministry. And so Paul says, we refuse to do something that is shameful or which will bring disgrace upon the Lord or to do something which is in opposition to the will of The Lord, each and every one of us as a disciple of Jesus Christ, as a Christian, we should not do anything that would bring shame upon the Lord. We should not want to bring disgrace upon the Lord and upon the church. And so, therefore, if you are a representative of Christ, yet, for example, you do not love others, that would bring shame upon Christ and upon the church. If you are a representative of Christ or you call yourself a Christian and yet you do not bring a sweet smelling aroma or a fragrance of a life that is pleasing unto the Lord, then this will bring shame upon Christ. See, we should not do anything that would bring shame upon Christ. But he goes on to say this, but by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of Christ. God. In essence, he says, we commend or recommend ourselves to the conscience of everyone. And why does Paul say this? Why does he say that we recommend ourselves unto you? And this is the reason why? Because of the message, because of the integrity of the message that he has proclaimed. He says, look at my life and look at the message. And that is my recommendation from the Lord. It's like this, when you, sometimes when you go on a uh, a job interview, you might have letters of recommendation. You might have someone who writes you a letter of recommendation and says good things about you that says this person I recommend for this position or for this opportunity. Well, because Paul has proved himself to be a man of integrity, that he has preached the truth concerning Jesus Christ. His message is his recommendation from the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, our message, we have not distorted. We have not falsified the word of God, but instead we have presented the truth concerning Jesus Christ. We have presented the truth concerning the gospel. And Paul describes the fact that he has presented the truth versus that which is false. Paul is describing true proclamation as a manifestation of the truth in contrast to craftiness of his adversaries who falsify the word of God. Remember, Paul is facing an opposition or those who are opposing him. And he's saying this, look at my message in comparison to their message. Look at what I present versus what they present. And Paul is saying this, what I present is the truth concerning Jesus Christ, but what my opponents are, are proposing, what they are proclaiming is false. It is in direct opposition to what I am proclaiming as therefore Paul is indicating in presenting the truth. I am allowing you to examine my life, examine to see you can judge for yourself. You can determine my integrity. You can determine my virtue. You can determine my morality based upon the words that I speak. See, when someone tells you the truth consistently, what do you say about them? They are a person of truth, of integrity. But if someone keeps, you know, they intermingle lies with the truth, then you start questioning them, don't you? You start questioning whether they are telling you the truth. Well, Paul says, look at my message versus my opposition's message. The message that I'm giving you concerning Jesus Christ has been on point. It has been truthful. And so Paul says that this exposure is not hidden, but it has been completed in the sight of God. So all things are in the opening. Nothing is hidden as though it is behind a veil. And we had spoken about that last week and we will continue to speak about that. But there are some who hear of this revelation of Jesus Christ and here's the thing, as we preach the message concerning Jesus Christ, as Paul was preaching concerning Jesus Christ, there were some who would hear the message, but they would not accept the message concerning Jesus Christ. They would reject this message. In John chapter 12, he speaks about Jesus going out and doing miracles, performing miracles. And it says, that, says this, yet those who saw these miracles resisted, resisted acknowledging him as Lord. They resisted and see the revelation of Jesus Christ is available. Paul was revealing the revelation of Jesus Christ. He was speaking about salvation through Jesus Christ. Even today, there are those who are speaking about the salvation that is found in Jesus Christ. Yet there will be some who resist and reject the message concerning Jesus. And so Paul is the one who is preaching about Jesus Christ. He is proclaiming the truth concerning Jesus Christ. And yet there are those like his opposition who are rejecting the truth of the gospel. And here's a lesson for each and every one of us. First and foremost, you have been given the opportunity by God's grace to be a partaker of his kingdom, to be included in the family of God. It is by God's grace. It's nothing that you have done. But because of God's grace, it encourages us. In essence, it becomes an obligation, a duty for us to represent Jesus Christ well. And therefore, your integrity, your integrity, my integrity as a disciple of Jesus Christ is critically important. And it is so important that we do this and also that we maintain it with all our heart with all our soul, with all our mind, not losing heart as Paul talks about. And so Paul says that we need to be people of integrity and my message demonstrates my integrity. But then he goes on to say this, but even if our gospel is veiled, and again, Paul was going to share the good news concerning Jesus Christ, but for some there would be a veil, there in essence be something that would prevent them from receiving the gospel message. Even if it is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Even though Paul, with all integrity, was preaching the good news concerning Jesus Christ, the gospel. For some, it was veiled, and so he goes back to this 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 idea, this symbol of veiled versus unveiled. Remember, last week we talked about how the message had been veiled in the Old Testament. Remember, in the Old Testament, Moses received the Old Testament law, the covenant, and he took it and he gave it to the nation of Israel. But Paul says that message was veiled and it was perishing. It was going to go away because then this new covenant, the gospel concerning Jesus Christ was going to replace it. And so Paul is indicating the gospel for some folks is still veiled just as the Old Testament covenant had a veil, and so Paul utilizes this this idea, this symbol, ultimate relating to the point that even though the gospel is available, salvation through Christ is available, there is a veil, and this veil is in essence a covering. It, with the word veil in the in the Greek speaks of being buried or covered or not exposed, and so for some. The good news will not be exposed or uncovered because of their rejection concerning Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, for those who hear the gospel, it is still veiled and they will perish because they have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And additionally, he says this, in the God of this world. Now, who is the God of this world? Who is Paul speaking of? He is speaking of most likely Satan being the God of this world. And what does Satan do? Satan wants people to continue to be blinded. He wants people to continue to be in opposition to the Lord Jesus Christ, rejecting the salvation that is found in Jesus Christ. And so Paul is saying this, the gospel message is going forward, but it is veiled to some And it is veiled because the God of this world has blinded them, in essence, put a veil over their face so that they might not see or understand the gospel of the glory concerning Jesus Christ. These folks are unable to see or understand truly what God has done for them through Christ. And ultimately, because of this, they are unable to see God or commune or be reconciled back to God. That's why Paul said this in Romans chapter one, verses 18 through 21, he says this, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of those who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them. See, here's the thing, the gospel is made plain, but ever since the creation of the world, his eternal power and his divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he has made. So they are without excuse for though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. And then he goes on to say this at verse five, going back to second Corinthians chapter four, he says, for we do not proclaim ourselves. Instead, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as, as your slaves for Jesus Christ. And so once again, Paul is reinforcing the message. Who is it that we are proclaiming? It is Jesus Christ. Verse six, for it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so what is the message that Paul is proclaiming? He is exalting Christ, he's exalting the gospel. He is talking about and continues to speak about the new covenant concerning Jesus Christ. And see, as a minister or herald of God, Paul was called to preach about Christ, to preach the fact that salvation and the redemption of sin can be found in the person of Jesus Christ. And he's saying, it is not ourselves that we present. Possibly pointing out the fact that others present themselves, uplift themselves, promote themselves. But Paul says, we do not present ourselves. Instead, like John says in John chapter three, verse 30, we decrease so that he might increase. And it is Jesus that Paul presents and the gospel, which is the power of God. Thus, Paul is presenting the Lord Jesus Christ. And you might say, why does Paul emphasize Christ so much? Why does he proclaim Jesus so much? First and foremost, again, this, it is by the grace of God that he has been given this opportunity. And this was his ministry. That was Paul's function within the kingdom. He is one who is proclaiming. And so why does Paul exalt the, exalt the gospel? and lower himself. Again, Paul returns back to the idea of the shining and which is which comes from the Old Testament example of when Moses met the Lord. Remember in the book of Exodus, when Moses went on Mount Sinai to receive the 10 commandments as he came down off of the mountain top, what does the Bible indicate? That his face shone, why? Because he had an opportunity to experience and to see a portion of the glory of the Lord. And because of this opportunity to meet the Lord and to see just a portion, his face shone, the glory of the Lord was on his face. And so he had to put a veil on his face. Well, Paul utilizes this same example. And he says, because I had the opportunity to meet Jesus on the Damascus road and in the book of Acts, it talks about Paul's time where he met Jesus. Jesus, as Paul is riding down this Damascus road, he says, Paul, 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 why are you persecuting me? And it says this in the book of Acts that there was this great light that shone and it blinded Paul. So that he could see, not for, so that he could not see for a moment of time. And so Paul is returning back to this moment and he's probably reflecting upon his life and he's saying, I have had the glorious opportunity to meet Jesus Christ, who turned my life upside down. And therefore, as a representative of him, as a herald, a proclaimer of him, I have the responsibility to proclaim the gospel concerning Jesus Christ. And so, as we conclude here, this is what I would say to each and every one of us here this morning. First and foremost, as Paul is speaking here, he's saying this, we must maintain our integrity as ministers, as representatives of the Lord at all costs. Even when it is difficult, we need to continue on, not growing weary in doing what is right. But the second thing is this. The minister or the disciple of God must always exalt the gospel concerning Jesus Christ. And how do we do that? By submitting ourselves to the lordship of Christ. By being a doulos, a servant or a slave of Christ. So that the gospel and Jesus shines above everything else, even above ourselves and see, it is the gospel which draws humanity to the Lord so that they might see the glory of the Lord. And as Paul stated in Romans one, it is the gospel, which is the power to salvation. It is the gospel concerning Jesus Christ, which leads people to salvation. And therefore, as a minister, as a disciple, that is what we should exalt. That is what we should promote. That is what we should represent each and every day as a representative and ambassador of Christ. Let's pray.
2: Thank you for listening to the message from Senior Pastor Merritt Robinson. If you would like further information about the ministry of Infinite Christian Fellowship, please go to www.infinitechristian.com. Once again, that is www.infinitechristian.com. Thank you.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sis. If you can hear through hip hop. And here it is. Here it is. Fresh off the presses. Here to lift souls and clear all depression. Uh. Cause I know what it's like when the sun's all shining, but your soul feels night. Feels like you're caught under gloom's dark presence with a little light shining like the moon's sharp crescent. Talk about it. How many days gone by when I said I was gonna win and I ain't even try? I wake up at half court, the day is half gone, time left on the board is mad short. Rushing my shots, I hurry out the door, I don't pray, I don't take my worries to the Lord. How much time does it take to run the floor, get the stopwatch, or maybe I should stop and watch the Lord? Every day is a new.
0: On this episode of the Infinite Flow Sports Podcast, I want to focus on the NBA. A lot of things have been happening with the NBA during the offseason. The first thing I want to talk about are the contracts. Oh, my God. I've wanted to go back and pull out my black and red Michael Jordans from 1985 and see if I could go ball for somebody. Because these guys are making ridiculous amounts of money. When I pull up the list of the top 10 highest paid players in the NBA, I get DeMar DeRozan. I mean, good player, solid player, um, had had a really good season. But he is the number one paid player in the NBA. In the 16 17 season, he is going to make $26.5 million. Number two on the list is Mike Conley. I don't even think he played last year for Memphis, and he's going to make $26.5 million. Now, KD, Kevin Durant, he's the third highest play, paid player. And I get it. You know, KD should be up there. So he's making $26.5. But then you get Al Horford. James Harden, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh, he hasn't played in the last two years. You got D. Wade up there. Dwight, I can't play a lick anymore. Howard, and then Chris Paul. I mean, these guys are all making $23 million or more per year. Like I said, where can I sign up? I, I think I could at least sit on the outside pump in a couple of jumpers throughout a game here and there you don't only have to pay me a million but the i mean the contracts are outrageous at this point point. and when you look at the contracts for these individuals and then you compare it to for example those individuals who made the all nba first team here's who made all nba first team you got your boy steph curry the mvp Steph isn't even in the top 30 paid players in the NBA. And then you have LeBron James. What would LeBron James really be worth? 50 million? 60 million? I mean, if DeMar DeRozan's making 26 and a half, Mike Conley's making 26 and a half, you can't tell me that LeBron's not worth 50. So, and the guy, these guys are making so much money, and it seems like the contracts are completely out of whack. But, hey, if you can get it, go get it. If that's what someone is willing to pay you, then you got to take it. But you know what? You know who is really upset? You know who's really hating these NBA players right now? The NFL guys. I know the NFL guys... They must be looking at the contracts for the NBA players and they must be thinking to themselves, I play the wrong sport. I need to give up my football cleats and shoulder pads and go figure out how I can hoop. Because if I can get guaranteed money like DeMar DeRozan, by the way, DeMar DeRozan, he is guaranteed almost one hundred and ten million dollars on his contract. Mike Conley is just making ridiculous money. He's guaranteed 140 and a half million dollars on his contract. And so the NFL guys, I know they're thinking to themselves, I am playing the wrong sport. I need to go play basketball. I don't have a guaranteed contract. If I get hurt, I'm done. Hey, you should have had your mom and dad put you in basketball when you were when you were a peewee versus going out and playing football. But, hey, it is what it is. The other thing I, I want to talk about is the Olympic team, USA Basketball. The guys are getting ready to play in the Olympics. And I don't know about you guys, but quite honestly, I'm not really that excited about watching our Olympic team play. I mean, if it, it, if you have watched the past Olympics, there's no one in the whole entire world that's going to be close to us. It, I I remember watching some of the first teams, like the first dream team that had Magic and Bird and Jordan, Carl Malone. And it it wasn't even close. It wasn't even – it. there weren't even games because the USA team was so much better. Now, I have to admit, the world has caught up a little bit. But you know what? I don't want to see – you know, I remember Vince Carter literally jumping over guys and dunking on them in the Olympics. And the NBA team, they're really not going to have anyone who can really play with them. They might have a couple of games where, you know, the first half, you know, you know some teams are close. But realistically, there's no one in the world that can play with our Olympic team. I would rather see them do this. Why don't you get the best college guys and let them go out and see what they can do? At least it would be competitive. But this isn't, it's not even competitive. It's not even fun to watch our Olympic team go out and just crush people by 40, 50 points. And then the guys are on the on the bench joking and laughing and, you know, making fun and doing all kinds of other stuff. Let's, why don't we really truly, you know, since this is supposed to be amateur athletics, why don't we truly make it amateur athletics? Why don't we have some guys to go out there and compete at an equal level with some of the other countries and see what, see what we come up with? I mean, I, I like to see, you know, our top collegiate players go and compare their skills with the best in the, uh, in the world. That's just my take on it, but it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm sure the NBA guys are going to have a good time in Rio. I know they're going to come back with the gold medal, but you know what? Maybe in the future, we should look to see what we can do to alter the teams so that we don't go out there and just destroy everybody by 30 or 40 points. Then the last thing I want to talk about, this is a little more serious note. There was a report that just recently came out, and I'm not sure if you guys have had the opportunity to see it or hear about it, but the NBA is moving the All-Star Game, the 2017 All-Star Game, from North Carolina. It was scheduled to be in Charlotte in 2017. However, the NBA has now pulled the game, and they're going to go down to, I believe, New Orleans to actually play the game next year. Now, the reason that the game was being pulled or has been pulled from North Carolina is because of this law called HB2. It's the Public Facilities Privacy and Security Act, or better known as the Charlotte Bathroom Bill. See, this bill was passed earlier this year, March 23rd, 2016 and let me just give you the the gist really the core of this law there there there's a lot to a lot of nuances and interest, intricacies concerning this particular bill but ultimately it's called the bathroom bill because it does this it indicates that those who are specific gender need to utilize the bathroom that is associated with their gender on their birth certificate so Let me just bring it to layman's terms. It means this. If you are a boy or you are a man, you go into the men's bathroom. If you are a girl or a female, you go into the female bathroom. If you are going to go take a shower, public facilities, you go to the bathroom that is identified with your gender, the gender that God gave you. Well, people have seen this as discrimination for the LGBT community because many individuals, I won't even say many, there are some individuals who, even though they are male, they identify themselves as female and vice versa. And so they want to go to the bathroom in which they identify gender wise. And so there's been a lot of backlash regarding this particular bill. Politically, people have come out and said, this is discrimination. Now, here's the thing. Discrimination, that's a strong word. See, and here's the thing. Most of us, if you ask us, do you think discrimination is wrong? Obviously, we would say discrimination is wrong. Yes, I believe it is wrong to discriminate against someone because of natural characteristics, things that they were born with things that are immutable, involuntary. Yes, it's wrong to discriminate on that basis. However, I'm not quite sure you can really classify this as discrimination. Because these individuals, they're not being prevented from utilizing the bathroom. All that's, all that's being stated is that you need to go to the bathroom that identifies your gender, what God has given you. And so there's been political backlash. There's been public backlash. Many of the folks in North Carolina are calling this this bill, the hate bill, HB2, the hate bill, because it's, again, they feel like it's discrimination. And there's been celebrities that have come out. Here's the thing. There are individuals who are coming out and they are boycotting going to North Carolina. Bruce Springsteen canceled a concert. The boss canceled a concert because of this bill. And so there are many other individuals who are you know, say, stating that they are no longer going to be going to North Carolina because of this particular bill. And likewise, the NBA has just indicated that we are pulling out. Because we think that this is wrong and it brings about the air of discrimination. Well, here's some things I would, I think that we should think about regarding this. First and foremost, I believe it is unjust to discriminate against individuals solely for the reason of discriminating against them. But as I stated just a little while ago, I don't think it is discrimination to have a man or a boy utilize the bathroom. You're not preventing them from utilizing a bathroom. You're not telling them to do something that is different from any other male or boy. You're telling them that you need to utilize this bathroom and vice versa for the women. And so I don't really see the correlation with uh, with discrimination, but here's the other thing, and this is where it gets a little more serious. See, my rights and my convictions and my beliefs are, in essence being changed or I am told that I need to change my convictions and my beliefs when it comes to homosexuality, when it comes to the LGBT agenda. Because if I don't do it, then there are repercussions. There are consequences to it. And what we're seeing is celebrities, the NBA, And probably other organizations are going to start saying that if you don't change your convictions, your beliefs concerning homosexuality, concerning transgender, then you are going to be punished. And it could reflect financially. And so there's a consequence to not believing in the LGBT movement. Well, here's the thing. I truly believe that each and every individual needs to have the opportunity and the ability to stand firm in their convictions, and especially when it relates to their religious convictions. See, there's nothing that, that has been proven regarding that someone is born a certain way When it comes to homosexuality, oftentimes you will hear individuals say, I was born this way, but there's no, there's no scientific proof that that has happened or that happens. And quite honestly, there are many individuals who have been involved previously in the homosexual lifestyle, and then they have now pulled out. Of that, or come out of that lifestyle. I think of, for example, Jackie Hill Perry, a Christian rap artist, who was at one time involved in the homosexual lifestyle, but now she is married. She is she has a child, and she is a Christian who is dedicated unto the Lord. I think of another man. His name is Joe Dallas. Joe Dallas, he once was involved in the homosexual lifestyle and he too came out of that lifestyle. He is married. He has children and he goes out and speaks concerning homosexuality, the dangers of it potentially for those who are involved in it. And he speaks about the fact that God has made you a certain way and therefore he has called you to live in that way well here's the issue i truly believe that as we look at th- these types of issues and backlash it what it is indicating is this that those who want to be tolerated are not tolerable of other viewpoints there's there's no sitting down and really discussing it. It's you know what? If you don't believe the way I believe, if you don't believe in my convictions and my ideals, then you are wrong and you are discriminating against me and you should be punished. And so I would say is say this. Can those who want to be tolerated be just as tolerable? Just a question. Just a thought. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. We will have new episodes every two weeks, so come back and join us for the Infinite Flow Show, where hip-hop, the gospel, and sports intersect.